Hello, everyone. This is Smoke the Podcast, episode 16. Well, today should be pretty fun. It's going to be fun because we're trying some cheap stuff today. <laughs> uh, so for our cigar, we're going to have a Swisher Sweets Perfecto. For our whiskey, we're going to go 75 South Blended Whiskey. And that's all going to tie into our subject, our firearm subject, shooting on a budget. Um, this should be interesting because I love to see Ryan's reactions to things like this. Um, he's a little <laughs> sensitive, I think, sometimes when, <laughs> when it comes to bad things, uh, low, low quality things, maybe. Um, and we also, have, we also have someone out here sitting with us who's going to remain nameless, um, and he'll be partaking in the whiskey, too. And hopefully he has a funny reaction, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm expecting this to be bad, but it might not be too bad. Yeah. Um, it might be a, a diamond in the rough. That's At least that's what I'm hoping for. You know what? Let's issue a challenge. If anyone can figure out who the nameless person is on the podcast, <laughs> we will send you one of the Swisher Sweets Perfectos from tonight. <laughs> uh, are we going to autograph it too or what? Uh, if, yeah, if they want it autographed, I'll autograph it. That's fine. Um, so, well, let's go ahead and talk about the cigar. Um, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Um, while I open this thing. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, if you want, we can pour the whiskey as well. So today's cigar is a Swisher Sweets Perfecto. Um, we have a description here. Do you happen to know where the description was from? Uh, no, actually, this is just from your typical online cigar. They, okay. they all had the same, like, uh, generic. generic description. Okay, yeah, yeah so, so this is probably actually Swisher Sweets description. So Swisher Sweets Perfectos are on the bigger end of the spectrum for the brand. Um, that just means that they fit a little more flavor into each one. Sweet <laughs> undertones and smooth tobacco deliver a mellow and tasty puff every time. Well, I was not sure if we're supposed to cut this or yeah. not, Are and you it looks like we're not supposed to. It, it has a little bit of a draw, a little bit of a, oh, just like a snug draw. but A little, like, jacked up kind of, like, nail punch in there or something. Well, when you, when you the flavor that comes off of that is pretty sweet. It, it's, um, it almost tastes like honey-dipped or sugar-dipped. Yeah, dipped. it's... Um, I don't think it is, it's though. It's weird. Um, the smell on the wrapper is a little chocolatey. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... It smells sweet. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, obviously the name Swisher Sweet. Um, usually we, we light these up beforehand, but I, we kind of wanted to walk you through the experience of lighting a cheap cigar. Uh, <laughs> <And> we're <laughs> so. we're going to actually do it with a Bic cigarette lighter. Oh, yeah. And we have a, a, a cheap little cutter out here, too. In case we need to cut it. But I'll, let's yeah. see what the draw is like on right out of the... Right out of the package. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, um, let's and just so that. you know how these are packaged, they're packaged in a like a, a. There were five of them in a square box, and they're all pre-wrapped in cellophane. Yeah. Which is like super weird. And if, if you hear that noise, I'm gonna start pouring the risk the whiskey for us. The risky. The risky. This it's, is this is gonna be very risky. Risky whiskey. Um, and so we got. I, we got five of them for four dollars and seventy-five cents. That's a bargain. Um, yeah, that's less than a dollar a stick, and that was at a local brick-and-mortar cigar shop here in Southern California. So that includes the Southern California or California, I should say, um, tobacco tax. Wow. Yeah. So 
I'm gonna guess that these things probably truly run about 50 cents <laughs> a stick. Cause I think the tobacco tax is close to like $2 on something like that. All right, let me go ahead and light this up. I'm gonna, I'm sure it's not gonna take a bunch of, you know, toasting at the foot or any of that. No, yeah, I would say light it up. And uh, you know, when people hear the term Swisher Sweets, they typically think of um, the little short cigarillos that maybe you take out golfing or maybe you take out, you know, um, uh, fishing or something like that a lot of the times they're they're usually easy to to carry with you everywhere they fit in your shirt pocket they're really short the scent that i am getting off of that is 100 percent um just indicative of a swisher typical swisher sweet scent. yeah it's like, got a, a pretty good aroma yeah um the flavor is not very good i mean it's not it, 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 yeah, it doesn't really have a ton of flavor. It's just kind of blah with sweetness. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the most boring smoke with sweet. Yeah. And I, um, it kind of throws me back to uh, the, one of our early episodes where we had the, the Balmoral. Oh, yeah. Those, um, yeah. Yeah, that was the, the Italian cigar. Um, I think they were, well, I bought them in Italy, but they were... I think Dominican, I don't remember what they were, but yeah, yeah, it was a very bland smoke that was just like super boring to smoke, if if that's a thing. Yeah, this, um, yeah, this is really weird. It's like super <laughs> sweet, <laughs> but then I'm getting like kind of like a, I don't know if you're getting this, but I'm getting like a definite like almost like oil flavor, or like yeah, a, a machined... Maybe. They're obviously machine made. Like it you could, can, that could be the Bic lighter too. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um, Which is why I don't ever light cigars with a Bic lighter because it's disgusting. Yeah, this is kind of weird. It, it, it feels, you know, it just doesn't feel like your typical cigar. Obviously, because it's not kept in a humidor and. Well, that and it's too smooth in my opinion. Yeah, like it, it doesn't. It, you don't really feel like a, an actual tobacco leaf with the veins and the, you know. Um. It just doesn't feel like a leaf. It feels yeah, like it's just it, pressed paper or something. Yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. Yeah, um, different. The not draw is not bad to. out of that little weird, <laughs> little punch. weird punch that it has. Yeah, <laughs> it's and and for our listeners, it is not like a typical circle punch. It's like this, like crack in the wrapper. It's it's just it's strange. I've mine, never. Mine looks like somebody put a uh, a nail in the bottom of it, oh. in the foot of it, and. Oh, not the foot. I'm sorry. The uh, mine's kind of the cap. Mine's kind of like elongated, though. Like oh yeah, yours is yours is different. Yours looks like it's part of the way it was rolled. Yeah, like they just left it. They just left the top open on that. Yeah. So, anyways. All right. Well, I, I didn't. We couldn't really find any anything about what kind of tobacco is being used or any of that stuff. Cheap. Yeah. Uh, basically. Cheap tobacco. Um. So. <clears throat> Probably originated from a cheap area. Let's go ahead and move on to the whiskey. <clears throat> Um, I picked this uh, this description because I thought it was kind of funny. It's from thecasks.com. Okay. And uh, the person who wrote it said, uh, not as bad as I expected, just the perfunctory vanilla caramel orange thing, almost as if it were infused with real bourbon flavor. <laughs> Which, a lot of the cheap kind of things, even with this cigar, you kind of think, this is a cigar trying to be a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm expecting the same thing from the whiskey. Okay. Um, it's pretty thin in the nose, though. In fact, 
in the time it took for me to type the first sentence, the bourbon flavor thing disappeared and left me with the smell of sugar. Oh, and nail polish remover. Strange. <laughs> I wonder where the bourbon smell went. Um, oh, that is spot on. It is sugar dissolved in nail polish remover. It does have a little bit of a nail polish remover scent. That's oh my weird. goodness, that is weird. Our special guest I, is nodding also. That Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's like kind of rank, man. Uh, the palette, sweet and harsh, though less harsh than I was bracing myself for. The entry is a uh, little syrupy. <laughs> Did I mention sweet? Faint notes of Smarties candy and vanilla. That's Smarties pretty funny. Smarties candies, okay. Uh, but mostly just grainy. I'm not sure what grainy. There's probably a little rye in there and corn. But flavor-wise, it's just hot alcohol grain. Did I mention sweet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the finish, it kind of makes me make a face and cough. Not horrible, just not that good. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Let's try this. All right. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is horrible. I'm not a big fan. <coughs> not because this is cheap. I was, I was kind of like trying to hope that it was going to be pretty good. And that I was gonna like oh. not appear to be a bourbon snob. Not that I am a bourbon snob at no. all. I mean, I know no. I don't have a very sophisticated palate, but that's not good. Yeah, I think even like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, we always say that. We wouldn't consider ourselves like professional connoisseurs of, of bourbons and, and whiskeys. Um, but that is just like foul. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just got a very like alcoholy flavor to it, and, and it doesn't remind me of whiskey. This thing uh, pairs very well with this uh, switch. This bitter <laughs> swisher sweet, which it, it kind of takes the edge off. Only sweet because whatever it's dipped in, right? The actual tobacco is just pretty bitter. Tastes too. like burnt tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so funny because I was saying it was a bland tobacco when I first lit it, but now it's tasting. I told you it kind of has an oily or like a like a fake or machine rolled flavor to it. It's weird. Oh man, this is going to be tough to finish. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you thought I was going to be, the <laughs> you know, we had joked about bringing uh, Coke or something to mix this with. And I kind of made Ryan man up and drink it on the rocks. Like we do all of our bourbon. I will finish whiskeys. that on the rocks, man. I'm going to finish mine on the rocks too, but this <laughs> is not going to be easy. I um, think even with a mixer, that would not taste good. <laughs> So 75 South um, on the bottle says the, the, this blended whiskey was, this is kind of hard to read because it's in this um, really? cursive writing, Yeah, uh, was created from the finest ingredients. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Our traditional process of uh, compounding superior flavors is the pride of the South. <laughs> Great. I'm so glad. And promises to address, uh, oh, I'm sorry, promises to deliver, that was way off, a robust, rare, and exceptional experience. Rare is definitely a good word to describe this. Yeah. There's, there's not anything quite like that at all. Um, um, so this is 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof. Um, we got this for $7.00. For 750 milliliter, um, and it's a blended whiskey. Seven and change. Seven and change. Yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, because I, I think uh, Popoff Vodka is $7.99, so it was less than that. <laughs> At least it's in a glass bottle. Yeah, I would. I think it was um, like $10, uh, but we, had, we got $3 off, oh, uh, okay. so it was on sale for $7, so oh, we got a I good see. deal. Um, I have a feeling that that's one of those ones that's probably like consistently on sale. <laughs> I'll give you my, uh, my standard advice. Is make sure you, you <laughs> make sure you check the price um, because you don't want to overpay, especially for seventy five South. You you don't want to pay eleven dollars when you could pay seven. You know. What right. I mean? Yeah. Don't ever overpay for seventy five South. No. <laughs> always always go the cheap route, which is what we did. And so uh, before we get into our firearms topic, um, just in case you guys hear anything, we are outdoors. We always give this disclaimer every week. Everybody should kind of know about it, but. You know, we got dogs out here and people making noise. And people running their uh, yes. air conditioning. So if that's what you hear. Um, that's probably what yeah, it is. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Fireworks still going on and it's August. Yeah, August yeah. 3rd. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, in order to smoke, we got to do it outdoors. Right, yeah. And this is kind of just a chill podcast, so whatever, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So our triggered <laughs> firearms topic of the day is shooting on a budget. <clears throat> um, this is pretty good. Goes with our theme of cheap whiskey cheap, and cheap, cheap cigars. Cheap. Um, you know, it's giving some ideas of uh, practicing and enjoying shooting sports that are friendly on the wallet. Yeah. Um, so, what can you tell us about ammo, Ryan? Um, I think for me, the the biggest thing is, um, and I'm gonna resort to this as my like go to this episode, the 22 long rifle, one of the cheapest calibers out there. It's always fairly cheap. Even when we had some of those times where the ammo prices have just been like driven up due to whatever it might be, um, it's always remained very cheap. Um, and so that's one of those ones where you can always <laughs> having a hard time with that whiskey. Oh yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where you just always find it for cheap. Um, and and then if you're looking to maybe shoot shotguns, I would say Target and bird loads are always the cheap way to shoot. Um, and then the other thing that I always say too is, uh, buying bulk, mm -hmm. which might not necessarily be cheap because you're paying for a large amount of it. But if you actually look at the price per cartridge or price per shell, you're typically saving a lot more money than if you're going out and buying a box of 20 rounds of something versus buying 500 rounds. Yeah. I would say if you're going to, um, Go shooting. Um, try to avoid buying ammo at the range. Oh yeah, that's horrible. That's gonna be super expensive. Um, yeah, just. Uh, that's like buying a drink out. Yeah, yeah. You you're, gonna, you're gonna pay a premium. Yeah. Just, just because it's convenient. You'd probably pay seven dollars for this glass of seventy-five South at a <laughs> yeah, restaurant. Yeah, you might. Um, yeah, that might be what you get if you just order like whiskey a, and cola. Oh, yeah, a well, <laughs> a well whiskey. Um, Which it's not well at all. It is not. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the thing that I'm going to tell everybody, and you're probably going to hear a theme, is do your research when it comes to ammo, when it comes to anything. Um, you got to be patient. You got to do research, and you got to find the best deals. Um, my other advice would be go to social media and follow people who are in the industry that are going to be posting a lot of good deals, because. <laughs> <laughs> this whiskey's pretty tough. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Ryan's had another drink. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, you follow people on social media that'll post deals, and you know, everybody's trying to get good deals on everything. So 
Um, if you're just patient and you buy it at the right times, you, you'll get good deals and you yeah. can get ammo for cheap. But you know, stick to the 22, stick to your cheaper um, nine millimeters, yep. um, your regular target um, bird shot. Yeah. All those things are gonna be pretty cheap. And the, the other thing that I would like to add to that is target grade ammo is always gonna be cheaper than some of your higher end stuff. I know I, there's guys, and I, I don't blame them for it, but they'll buy the most top of the line 5.56 five, round because that's all they want to shoot out of their AR because it, it's cleaner, it's more accurate, and this and that. And you ask them, okay, well, where, where are you shooting and what are you doing? Oh, well, we just drive out to the desert and, you know, shoot at targets and stuff. So why are you buying the higher grade stuff, you know? If, yeah. You know, and, and for some people, it's, that's their thing and that's fine, like I said. Um, but for a lot of the people that are into shooting, especially in California, and I think it's very different outside of California, but here everything has a premium on it. It's got extra taxes. I just feel like if you are into guns in California, you're already at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's tough. And so if you're going to go to the shooting range, you're going to go out to the desert, you're going to you know go and just punch holes in paper, um, use target grade ammo. It's not going to take, you know, a uh, uh, hollow point with all kinds of, you know, fancy ballistics to, you know, punch a better hole in your, in your paper. Yeah. I would say when, when it comes to the self-defense rounds, the higher end stuff, I would definitely shoot it through your gun at the range a little bit just to make sure your gun cycles it well and yeah, you're not going to have any problems. And then but you, yeah, for your for your every, you know, for your weekend stuff, you don't want to yeah. you don't want to you don't want to drop 200 rounds of, you know, t of uh, you know, hollow points or you well, know, self-defense ammo. Some of the self-defense ammo, I mean, even for the 45, I think I was paying close to a dollar a bullet. Yeah, that's it. And get so really pricey. I mean, yeah, you say you shoot 200 rounds. I mean, you're not that's not kidding when you're if you're shooting ammo like that or even similar to it. You're spending two hundred dollars just to go out to the range. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's one of the things I think is always a good thing. Um, it's tough here in California too because we can't order ammo from out of state without it going through an FFL, being yeah. charged an FFL transfer fee. For those of you that are listening out of state, definitely look for online sales where they're delivered to your door, mm -hmm. where you're getting free shipping, where you're getting bulk deals. A lot of the times, um, whole like companies will put on an entire sale throughout their entire stock, from everything from nine millimeter to rifle rounds, and they'll they'll just run a sale the whole time, which is pretty cool. Well, pardon the loudest car ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Setting off people's car alarms and stuff out there. Dang. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much where you where you want to go is online for most of the big ammo deals. Yeah. Um, but. You know, 22 uh, long long rifles pretty good um, all the time. Yep. Pretty cheap. It's kind of like the go-to for uh, a lot of just plinking. Also here in California, one of the other things that you can do and get some decent sales is go to gun shows. And I'm going to probably reiterate that for every, every kind of like category that we talk about yeah. tonight. Um, but gun shows you typically are going to get far better deals on ammunition um, than you would at the store. Um, they oftentimes the big am, uh, ammunition and, and gun um, stores have like parking lot sales and things like that throughout the year. So keep an eye out for those things because obviously you know we've talked about buying ammo in California, and it all has to be a face to face transaction. So that's one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's that's the best way to do a lot of things. <laughs> well, I'm just saying yeah. to yeah to go to the 
to like the parking lot sales and some of the bigger things rather than just walking into a store and, and buying it outright. Yeah, the reason why I wanted to go over the ammo first is because that's going to be a, a huge chunk of what you spend money on. And a lot of people don't realize that yes. until they start shooting. And, you know, you get that, you know, gun that you've always wanted. And all of a sudden you're spending, you know, $100 a weekend if you want to shoot that thing. Right, you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, ammo is going to be your your biggest um, expense and the biggest part. I, I think the biggest place where you can save the most money if you're patient and you look. Um, because you can overpay for ammo really easily. Yes. Well, and it's so funny, too, because I have so many friends that want to get into shooting. And it's hilarious because they'll always look at me and, and, and be like, oh, my gosh, you spent you know, close to a thousand dollars on that gun or you spent $500 or you spent, you know, whatever it might be. That's crazy. That's so much money for just a gun. You know, it, that's like insane. And I'm like, Oh, wait till you hear how much I'm spending on ammo. <laughs> you know, it's, it's insane. A lot of the times when you think about it, a buying a gun is a far cheaper purchase than the ammo that you're going to shoot out of it and the range fees and everything else that you're going to spend in order to maintain the gun and everything else over the longevity of owning that gun you know all right well speaking of guns where can we save some money on uh on guns um well i can tell you the last three guns that i've purchased actually i should say the last two guns that i purchased plus a lower so a part of a gun that i purchased um i bought on black friday the day after Christmas, and I believe it was New Year's Day. Okay. Yeah. All so, all online sales too. Yeah, that's the way to go. Okay. Yeah. The the big holidays: Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Independence Day, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah. Um, if you can wait for those days, you'll most likely find a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, I know some stores will do um, specials like Glocktober. Oh, you know, yeah. where Glocks are on sale for the Glock month of October. October. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> you know, and um, <coughs> actually, uh, the, any of the best-selling guns, like uh, the Mossberg 500, your Remington 870s, Glocks, you know, um, they, they all will go on sale. Uh, Springfield, XDs. Yes. Um, they'll, they'll go on sale at some point where you can get them for about $100 off. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really good deal. You just got to be patient. Uh, the problem is a lot of people want a gun. They want a gun now, and uh, especially if it's your first gun, you're gonna you're gonna want to um, get that gun really quick. And a lot of people are are super impatient. You know, they want to. They're yeah. just really excited, so they just go out and buy, you know, a Glock 17, um, and pay you know a hundred dollars more, more than what they uh, could have gotten it for. If what they just what I always tell people is, if you don't have a gun, that's fine on your first one. If you're just gonna go out and you just feel like, hey, I need a home defense weapon. Or I need something that I can. Sorry, man. Every time you take a sip of that whiskey, I kind of lose it, dude. Um, uh, you know, if their if their intention is I need a I need a gun because I need I need to protect myself in my home, or I'm looking to get a, uh, my concealed carry permit or something like that, then I think it's fine to say, okay, well then, you know, do what you have to do, but. At the same time, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like if you wait one month, you probably save a hundred bucks or just watch the sales. I know for yeah. um, my 1911, I watched for I think it was 
I don't know, I'd probably say about six or seven months. Yeah, you were I on the hunt for a 1911 for a while, I remember. For the deal that I wanted on it. Because I just, it, and that's the other thing. And you got an excellent deal. Guns in California are so overpriced. Even at its best deal that I found in California, it could not beat a average sale in Texas, which is where I ordered it yeah. from. And, had it, and it was crazy, too, because most other states don't carry the California model handguns. So I was surprised that I even found it out of state. Yeah. So, um, but I will say that with with all of that too, like you're saying, the Mossberg 500, the Remington 870 for shotguns, those are tried and true. You're typically going to spend about $300 for those, um, no matter what. The Mossberg is a little cheaper, and typically you can find a Mossberg with both the hunting barrel, so a 28-inch barrel, and an 18 and a half inch home defense yeah, home, barrel, the home defense barrel for about three hundred dollars which is a smoking deal it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you can also go with the cheaper varieties like the maverick uh for right. for a shotgun which is going to be significantly cheaper and i think it's made by Ma by mossberg is yes that correct? yeah and then there's um escort yeah. shotguns which are really popular um, and i mean I, I know somebody that has an escort super reliable yeah uh, he hasn't had a problem with it um you know maybe a little heavy for a semi-auto well, shotgun, it's it is, but not not as bad as like a a wood grained eight seventy. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, I think it's not he, too bad. I think he even paid less than you would for an eight seventy Express. Yeah, the um, the you know the the cheaper guns. Actually, that would go back to my do your research thing. Um, you know, watch reviews and see what people are saying about them. Because just because a gun is is lower priced doesn't necessarily mean it's cheaper. Um, I mean, obviously they're going to be a little different. They're going to be like handmade or, yeah. you know, the parts are going to be as, uh, uh, you know, as tight of tolerances and stuff, but, um, they, they can still make some pretty good stuff if you're, yeah. uh, you know, if you get the right stuff. Well, and I, I think I can speak for both Theodore and myself when we say that, that neither of us try and, um, tear down or, or be negative about any of the, the gun manufacturers out there. There are a few that I have in mind, um, that I think I would just never own. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking to get into shooting and things like that, sometimes buying a cheaper cheaper gun might be the better option. And if you know, you're know you not relying on it as a, as a daily shooter, as a concealed carry gun, as something that you're gonna use for home defense, there's nothing wrong with buying a gun just because it's cheap and it's fun to shoot yeah. too. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would ever utilize a 22 and in fact i don't believe you can in california you can't use a 22 as a carry gun here um okay it has to be i believe 380 or larger um but there are some people that just you know they love 22s and they'll buy two three four 22 pistols mm -hmm. and take them all out and shoot with them and um there's a few brands that i can also think of off the top of my head that make handguns that are a little more reasonable than even the springfields and the glocks that would be like rock island yeah. armory um, they make like a 1911 clone, um, Citadel, um, who I believe is also the same company as Escort and Howa. Okay. Um, they make a 1911 clone, which I've heard actually isn't all that bad, that it, it's got some decent marks on it and stuff for being under well under $500 for a what they would consider a custom 1911. It's yeah. not mil-spec either. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, which is, uh, you know. But, um, yeah, so there's some good deals out there that, that you can look into. And in all honesty, I know we've talked about Glocks, and Glocks are great, and they are reasonable compared to the vast amount of guns that are out there. But in my opinion, Glocks actually carry 
uh, heftier price tag than both the XD and the um, Smith & Wesson M&Ps. Yeah, yeah, they do. So that's just something to keep in mind. The other thing you want to think about, though, too, is parts. If you're going to ever have to replace parts, you also don't want something that's so cheap or so foreign that you can't find any parts for it, you can't find grips that adapt to it, you can't find sights for it and things like that. Yeah, and that's where getting a gun like a Glock is a Glock ad is advantageous right, because, because there's they make so many aftermarket parts. <laughs> Everything for Glocks. Yeah. yeah, you can pretty much uh, assemble a Glock by buying aftermarket parts. Right, right. Um, those the, uh, Every manufacturer, it seems like, makes, a, <laughs> makes some Glock parts. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like I said, I purchased a lower, and so building my AR, um, I spent probably a good year looking for the parts and pieces that I wanted for the deals that I wanted. And I ended up lucking out and finding an upper that had everything I wanted all put together from um, Palmetto State Armory. And they are a super reasonable company if you're looking on the AR spectrum. They sell all kinds of guns too. Um, and they have some killer deals on there all the time. But if you are looking for an AR that's that's just a fun shooting AR, they are one of the best. Um, they're one of the best companies, in my opinion, for a reasonable AR that functions really well. I love mine, and I, I've, you know, I pieced it all together. And even my lower parts kit is half Magpul, half Palmetto, but it's all it was all a kit from Palmetto. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, they're really cool about having kind of some kits for everybody that have. Mm -hmm the bolt carrier groups that are a little more expensive. So you get the nickel boron or you can just get the chrome finish. You can get, you know, the nitride, all that. So, yeah. Um, when it comes to, to ARs, I would say just know what you want. I would go, you know, like Ryan was saying, it had all the parts that he wanted. You right. got to know what you want in order to know what a good deal is. Well, and I had been looking on their site for, like I said, yeah. close to a year and hadn't found anything that had everything that I wanted. And so when they finally had a, a upper that they had assembled that I'm like, oh, I want that one. I'm, you know, you have to jump on it. Yeah, and when it comes to ARs, you're going to, you know, there's a, there's a huge list of parts. Um, so I would just say specifically look for what you want, your bolt carrier group, your trigger. So, you know, you get a Geisley trigger or trigger tech trigger, you have those in your brain. That's what you want. Then you've got to look for the best deal on those. It might, you know, take you six months to get your all your parts ordered, uh, but you're going to save money that way. Right. Um, if you can be patient. Yeah. The, the, the hard thing about building an AR is a lot of people just want to get it done. Right. You know, and, I, you know, I can't blame you. That's the way I was. That's why I bought mine fully assembled. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You, <laughs> you did. know, um, but uh, I did build a 308 where I kind of had that same thing where it's like, oh, I, you know, I'll just get this one, you know, and you, I didn't really wait. So... You know, you're going to spend a little bit more. Well, and then even with mine, even though I was buying these parts kits, I still had to make it California compliant and then wait for the parts that I needed. So I got this whole thing and I'm like, cool, it's all ready to go. And I'm like, shoot, okay, I can't put it together because I need the California compliant part kits. Yep. And like, you know, looking for, okay, what one has everything that I need? I need the stock lock. I need the, you know, um, the grip, the grip, the muzzle brake and everything else. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is just getting ridiculous now. Um, but yeah, it does take time, but you know what, when you're patient now, I, I love that I have it, even though it took me over a year to get it all together. Um, but I got it for an awesome deal. So yeah, it's worth the wait. Same with magazines too. It's the same way with magazines. 
Um, if you watch for deals where you can yeah. buy in bulk or where they go on sale, you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta snatch them when you can. And those are something where you're going to spend a little bit of money because typically the magazines go on sale like for 10 packs. Yeah. Uh, you know, 10 packs of the like Hex Mag or, yep. or, um, you know, whatever. Or five packs of 1911 Mags, yeah. things like that. Which, yeah, so you're going to drop a little bit, a little bit of money, but it's a good deal in the long run. Kind of leads into the next topic of accessories, um, uh -huh. which I feel like, although magazines are an integral part of every firearm that requires one. Um, they're also an accessory too, depending on the type of magazine you like, whether you want um, standard cap, high cap if you're not in California. <laughs> oh, you mean, yeah, um, standard cap. Yeah. Standard, <laughs> well, no, they have the high capacity ones oh, like that are like 60s and, yeah, and things like that, the, the big drums. Um, and, and all of that too, you just got to watch and look out for sales and, and they have them all the time. So for me, I got the California compliant hex mags um, the 10 rounders and those were pretty awesome. Cause I think I got 10 of them for, I know it was under a hundred. I can't remember if it was 89 or yeah, if you're paying or something like that under $10 per magazine. That's a really good deal for AR magazines. Yeah. Absolutely. Handgun magazines. You'll never be that lucky here. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think the cheapest 1911 magazines I got were mil spec um, 19, Springfield 1911 magazines at a gun show and the guy had bought them in bulk because I think on their website they're like $24 I got them for I think $15 a piece but that's because I bought like five of them so yeah <laughs> um, I'd say the other thing about uh, saving money on guns too is buying used um, oh yeah you know if you if you can find a good deal uh, take take a gun off of somebody's hands that doesn't want it, doesn't use it or you know you can get some pretty good deals yeah that way um guns don't tend to lose their value and if you can find somebody that's just wanting to get rid of one and you can buy it off of them that's usually a pretty good pretty good idea um but i would just make sure you follow your state laws right um you know get them transferred properly it can be a hassle too i have be, a buddy yeah. that goes to like estate sales and f tries to find out, you know, whether or not the family has guns for sale or things like that when people have passed away and stuff. And oftentimes he said, you know, he, he runs across family members that, you know, hey, we don't shoot, we don't hunt, we don't do anything. So we want to sell off, you know, the guns and stuff like that. And he said it, it can be tough if you don't have the paperwork of the person yeah. you know, who, who previously owned the who gun owned it, and, yeah. and things like that. So he said it can be a little tough. But he said it's so worth it. He's gotten some great deals on some really cool, both antique guns and just some higher end guns that mm -hmm. he probably would have never purchased had he not, you know, found them for such a, a good deal as well. So, um, before we move on, <laughs> how are you enjoying that cigar? You know what's sad? I'm puffing on this thing like it's an, like way faster than a normal cigar. A, because the tobacco's the lightest. Yeah, it's it weird. could possibly be. I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, and it sucks because it tastes terrible, but yet I have this like kind of like urge to like, well, I have to keep puffing on it because <laughs> and, it, and it's weird too because it's like sickening, sickeningly sweet. Yeah, it's weird. Like my lips stick to this thing mm -hmm. when I take a draw. It's it, it, it's unlike any other cigar I've ever smoked. The funny thing is, it's is it burns really nice. It does. I it, have like a razor edge. It on has a, it has a razor edge, <laughs> but. When you look at the ash, it looks weird. Like it doesn't look <laughs> uniform. I don't know how to explain how to explain it. It just looks different. Yeah. When you get a, a good cigar that's got a good inch uh, of ash or whatever, and it's got that nice tight like white ash. Yeah. 
This, no, this is like jagged and yeah, that's jagged. It looks like it needs a haircut. That's it almost what I keep on thinking too. It, it almost looks like you can see the individual pieces of, of I want to say paper because that's what it looks like. Yeah, like I'm gonna, white like paper, but it's it's the individual like leaves in the wrap. Well, I'm gonna guess that um, they just use a bunch of filler. Yeah, and just stamp yeah. it all together. Yeah, and yeah. just put it all together as opposed to. You know, um, having the binder. And I wonder all that too, stuff, like though, a, like, if a, it's, like a real cigar. <laughs> if it's if they do it anything like you know particle board or or like something like that where they just yeah. or um, you know where they just stamp it all together in one big roll and then just roll it all together. Uh, yeah, you I don't know. know. What I mean, I don't know. That's how kind of what this. it looks like from this angle too. Yeah, I could imagine they they might do something like that. Yeah, the way this the hole is at the end and everything. It's it's just too. It's like weird. It's it's too perfect when it's before you light it and then it kind of like <laughs> fragments out all crazy once it's lit but it stays razor sharp which is kind of weird i will say this this tastes to me like fishing golfing <laughs> hunting because like cigarillos like this whether they're swishers I, i've had all all different types and you know that i i take them with me every time i go out um this it just it's very very reminiscent of being out in the middle of a of a dove field <laughs> um, or sitting on a stream or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know I, I, I guess mean? it's a, it's a cigarillo tasting cigar. It, it literally just tastes like a cigarillo, but bigger. But big, yeah. Yeah. Um, how about the whiskey? I see you're already done. Do you want, do you want just, to take a second pour? No. Um, if you need me to try it neat for purposes of the podcast, I will. But it's disgusting. Um, yeah, this thing, it has... What, the nail polish comment at the beginning i thought was a little ridiculous like okay come on and and um it has this like gross nail polish aftertaste um not that finish. i've ever had nail polish the way nail polish smells is the is way it exactly tastes exactly how it tastes our special guest has resorted to what is that coke zero or yeah coke zero or, you mixing know, it in coke zero mixing it in coke zero and he's still... is it any better with the coke zero not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. So it doesn't even taste like a like a well whiskey and Coke. Mm. Um, I would imagine. I'm it, try a I would imagine it tastes like Coke Zero and nail polish. Oh, that's horrible! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought you know you mix you mix a whiskey like any whiskey with Coke and it's uh -huh. like okay yeah that's a that's a whiskey and Coke. That tastes like acetone and Coke. Yeah, it's weird. I I don't know. <laughs> I you know I, okay for purposes of the podcast I think I have to try it neat. Oh, so, I think you do. Here we go. I'm gonna do this for everybody here. I'm uh, gonna. I'm Theodore's gonna... gonna pour it. Oh, we got our special guest is gonna oh, pour. Oh, not too much, please. Don't kill me. Um. So that's that's good. The the, <laughs> the funny thing is is I feel like if I got drunk off of this stuff, that it would um it would really give me a headache because I already, I don't know if it's a cigar or whatever. I just I already feel like gross. Yeah. yeah. I do feel a little gross. Yeah. Um, so Ryan and our special guests are going to take a, a, a neat shot of this. I'm let's, not going to shoot. I'm going to sip it. Let's see how this goes. Ooh, faces are priceless right now. Oh, that's weird. It's, that way. <laughs> it's a little better, huh? Yeah. Um, not much better, <laughs> but it just doesn't have like that grainy, sweet. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. Oh, maybe it's a shooter. It, it might be. I don't know if you want to try a sip of it, but yeah, I could, I'll try a sip of this neat. I think it's it it burns. It burns more, it burns more so you don't notice yes. how crappy it is. That's exactly what it is. I'm gonna tell you right now, that's not any better. It really isn't. 
It, to me, it burns more, so you just it, don't taste it. It definitely burns more, but what, <coughs> whatever that, like, moldy bread <laughs> flavor that is. grainy flavor. Yeah. That's it, what he was saying. It's, it's it, so, ugh. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is the worst ever. Yeah, this is not good. This is the worst. Um, I thought about doing a, um, a like a series of these cheap whiskey, cheap cigar episodes. Like how funny it would be. Like, oh yeah, yeah we try all these high end or, or middle of the road or whatever. Yeah, but like, then like, oh, and this maybe is we'll, like... we'll throw one in like every couple months or something. But I don't think we're going to. <laughs> yeah, dragster fuel and rotten corn. Yeah, dragster fuel and rotten corn. Yes, that's what the uh, the message boards are saying about this stuff. Yes, we checked some message boards, and so we didn't want to actually quote that, but I think it's appropriate. I I honestly, yeah, I'm getting to the point where I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish mine. You that, have to finish. Yours. I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna power through it. You I have think. to. You hey. You told me I couldn't have any Coke to melt. Not that it made it any better, but... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why did you get Italian all of a sudden when you, when you said that? Hey, because you need to do <laughs> what you're telling everyone else that we have to do here. Plus, our Papa Teddy was very Italian. And I inherited every ounce of his Italian blood. And I'm, I feel like he may have powered down some cheap whiskey in his day. Oh, I, I most certainly guarantee he did. Uh, if he's the one that recommended Yukon Jack, which yes. was just as terrible, in my opinion. No, Yukon Jack was a thousand times better, in my opinion. No, oh my gosh, it was horrible. I mean, if you... It was like viscous and syrupy. And... It was, but it didn't have this weird, like, moldy bread flavor. <laughs> See, I'm not getting so much of that as so I'm much getting... moldy bread? Yeah, as I'm just getting, like, the, the dragster fuel or jet fuel kind and of... I, well, I'm getting the rotten corn is what... <laughs> Corn. is what's kind of there ringing yeah, my think, palate a little okay, bit. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let's get back to this. Okay. Uh, I need to power this down. We need to start talking about some other, something else. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's, give, let's give the listeners um, some insight on some accessories. Yeah, so we what have, are some good ways to save money We've already talked about magazines. Um, I would say uh, this one, and this is something I can admit to, buying a universal holster. I bought my very first concealed carry holster was this like and you've seen it it's that super flimsy like ten dollar universal it fits any subcompact handgun out there that's what it claims and in fact in order to fit mine the instructions on the holster said you need to cut a few of the threads in order for the trigger guard to slide in to this holster was that for your specific one is that what in order to fit the the was that in any one no, in order to fit the XD and the Glock, because okay. they're a little thicker, it, the M&P shield was supposed to... Oh, because they're single stack, because M&P shield's single stack? Right, but okay. they said it, supposedly it fits like the Ruger, I think it's the LCR, if I'm... Okay, yeah, not, I don't know. It, it's, the, it's the little revolver, it's supposed to fit that one too, mm-hmm. and supposedly with that one you have to clip uh, on another's, I don't know. But yeah, I legitimately had to take a pair of scissors and clip like three of the threads, hmm. and it holds, it's super weird. Um, but I wanted to get used to, okay, do I like appendix carry where, you know, I didn't want to spend money on a high end holster before I realized, okay, like this is what I like and what I don't. Um, but those universal holsters too, they make the, you know, the, um, outside the waistband. So on your belt and stuff. And, and a lot of them are actually pretty cool. They make them with like a lot of the military ones that are on plate carriers and things like that are universal holster with Velcro straps so you can tighten it to how much retention you want. And they've got a strap that goes over the, the retention strap that goes over the top. Um, so some of them, in my case, mine wasn't very good. It's actually, it was comfortable. It's just not 
super um, durable. Um, but there's some universal holsters that are actually super cool um, that they make, like I said, for plate carriers or even drop leg holsters that you can pretty much fit any gun into and, and they work really well. So that's a great way to save money if you're like, hey, I don't want to buy a fitted leather holster for my 1911. For yeah, my, that's going to cost know. you some money. Yeah, exactly. Believe so, you me. Yes. So this is one of the ways that you can save money that way. Um, going with some of the smaller businesses too, um, that leather, that fitted uh, leather 1911 holster that I got, and I believe you got the same yeah. one. They're from a lesser known company, mm -hmm. but it fits great, works great, retention's awesome on it. Um, sometimes going with the smaller companies, they have... What is it? The Was it 1791, I think? Yeah, gun leather. We can look it up. Yeah, if, anyone, if anyone has questions, just reach out to us. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you know, but it's an awesome holster. Um, I would say buying, uh, if you don't want to buy uh, eyes and ears, buying your earplugs, the little foam ones in yeah. bulk. You can buy a bunch of them on Amazon. You can also buy really cheap if you don't need the ones that, um, you know, the electronic ones where you can hear people talking but not the gunshot they make so many cheap i think ears are like under ten dollars um eyes are under ten dollars too um and if you have decent sunglasses that give you ample coverage those are just as fine yeah. too. Uh, most of the time i actually shoot with my sunglasses because i'm usually out in the desert or yeah know. we well well I'll, I'll tie in um the earplugs thing with um something we'll talk about in uh later on but Earplugs, you, you, you really just need earplugs for outdoors. The only time you really need, um, you know, like the big digital <laughs> headphones, I think, is for indoors. Indoor shooting, Because yeah. it's so much louder. Outdoors, I've always gotten away with just wearing earplugs. Um, the over-ears, I'll use sometimes, but a lot of times you're shooting outdoors, it's hot. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah, you don't really want to bother with them. And I've always been fine with just earplugs. When and that's definitely the cheaper way to go is with your the little squeeze foam earplugs. Right, yeah. When we hunt, too, I don't even wear them because we typically aren't shooting enough. Yeah, I'll only wear them for dove. Yeah, dove hunting, absolutely, yeah. Um, I would say the other thing that you can do, and I've done a lot of this, and it's so funny because um, I'm, I'm going to say, like, oh, I'm a huge proponent of buying, like, reasonable price products, but I've ended up spending, like, a lot more money on things than I expected to. Um, research budget accessories like optics, bipods, iron sights, things like that. And then I ended up getting, you know, the most expensive Magpul iron sights. The um, red dot, I think, is, you know, that I ended up getting was a Sig Sauer red dot, which is more reasonable than some of the ones out there, yeah. but it's still it's still well over $100. Um, bipods, too. I've, <laughs> I've gotten some of the more expensive things. But they make cheaper accessories that you can add on. And in all honesty, with my AR-15... I've already, the accessories that I already have on there, I've taken that out enough to where they've gotten beat up and, and gotten used and stuff. And so um, it's one of those things too where I think, you know, if you're, if you're just going to take it out and go shooting in the desert and you're not using it for, for like very important purposes like hunting where it's your go-to hunting gun, mm -hmm. um, I don't think you need to spend a whole lot on on a lot of those accessories. Yeah, the first optic I had for was red dot for my AR was a Holosun. Yeah. Or Holosun, I don't know how you say that. Um, it was pretty cheap. I think Holosun, like holographic. Yeah, Holosun. Yeah, I think. That's, Probably. That's what I would <laughs> say. It was pretty cheap, and the reason what made me choose it was I, it got really good reviews from uh, an online um, a YouTuber that I watch, yeah. and I was like, well, okay, you know, I might as well. Um, and, and that's kind of what I've been preaching this whole show is do your research, um, watch online reviews, you know, read reviews. 
um, you're gonna get a lot of bad reviews. You're gonna get a lot of mixed stuff. Um, if something has, um, you know, like really, really bad things about it, you might you might want to avoid it. Um, but a lot of this stuff, you'll you'll be surprised that you know these these guys who try all this high end stuff and then they they try like you know the a lower end optic and they're like, wow, this is actually pretty good, you know. Yeah. Um, and just stick with that, especially if it's not something that you're using every day or you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that um, I always try and tell people when they're like, oh, well, I got, I got this mil spec, um, you know, optic, right? I spent a thousand dollars on this optic, and it's like that's awesome, dude. Like that, it looks super clear. It's really cool, and this and that. When was the last time you took the gun out? Yeah. Oh well, I think I took it out last year. To if you can't remember when you took it out, you don't need a thousand dollar optic on there. Yeah, you get like an ACOG or something. Yeah, which again, there's nothing wrong with having it. I mean, we yeah. both have nice things, nice guns, nice accessories that, you know, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, I only take that out on special occasions, <laughs> and so there's nothing wrong with it. But what we're talking about here is shooting on a budget. This is things that you want to go to every time you go out and go shooting. Um, one of the best things that I did when I was searching for accessories for my AR-15 was going online and literally Google searching, you know, top reasonable price accessories, top optics, top cheap optics, mm -hmm. top expensive optics. Because sometimes you'll find some things in there that you're like, oh man, that's, that is worth it. I'll save up for that. Or, you know what, I think I can skimp here on a handguard yeah. or things like that, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of those things where I think it's, Figuring out what you like and then going, okay, what can I, what's the best price I can get it for? And even on my red dot, the Sig Sauer, it's a higher end red dot than what I was looking for because this is just my, my throw around AR. But I ended up getting it for a really great deal. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I, it's worth more than I wanted to spend, but the price that I spent on it was exactly what, you know, I wanted to spend. So yeah. It I, out. I kind of, after the Holosun, I, I went and got another one, only because it was a good deal, and it's because the one that I wanted, I was a, an Aimpoint Pro, um, and I got a really, really good deal on it. It was one of those kind of impulse buys because one of the um, social media people that I follow posted this great deal, and I, I couldn't pass it up. Yeah. So, you know, things like that will happen, and that's kind of a way, you know, if you want the higher-end stuff, you can, in the meantime, get a cheaper one, right. and then once you find the, the right deal on what you, what you really want, then, you know, you can save a $100 or whatever. Well, there were some red dots even on um, Amazon that I looked at that were highly reviewed on Amazon as well as on some of the respected websites as being, oh, we tested this and it worked out great. There was like a $50 red dot that I was like, there's no way. There's mm -hmm. no way. And for whatever reason, the reviews on it were amazing. I mean, from everybody that I could find, um, everywhere I reviewed it, it was, it, you know, it marked really well. So that was cool. Um, but assuming you get all of these accessories and guns and ammo, you have to go to the range. So what are some cheap ways? And I know we've talked about this when we talked about ranges, but we're yep. going to go a little more in depth. What are some cheap ways to go to the range and uh, shoot? First thing I can think of, build your own targets. Okay. Uh, PVC pipe, um, some zip ties, um, duct tape, duct tape, you know, things like that. Paper plates, depending on where you're shooting, you can shoot uh, fruit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just go to the 99 cent store and load up on uh, <laughs> some really cheap fruit. Fruit, yeah. Um, you know, that stuff, or especially even if you have stuff laying around that's going bad. Yeah. Um, I like that because 
animals will eat it and stuff, and yeah. it's not kind of harmful for the environment. Right. Um, the range that I go to will allow you to shoot fruit as long as it's on the ground. Okay. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, glass bottles or, you know, a lot of people shoot spray paint cans and stuff like that. Yeah. But just build, uh, building your own targets, because if you go... If you go buy the uh, the pre-made ones, you can spend a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've done uh, glass bottles, tin cans. Um, we went to the 99-cent store, uh, store one time and bought, I think it was like $40 worth of, like, tin cans with, like, tomato soup in them and things that, like, when you hit them, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I obviously I hit, it hit for that sure. thing. Yeah, um, which was really cool because... Um, you know, and you drive out to the desert and, and, and the reason why tin cans are so cool or even soda cans are fun that are like full, um, is you can see when you hit them, they're a little more interactive than just shooting at paper, which is fun. Same as fruit, but it, there's usually, they're still intact when, after you're done shooting yeah. them. So you can pick them up when you're done yeah, and take them with pretty you. Easy. Um, glass bottles, you got to be careful with, you got to make sure that either the range allows it or, you know, wherever you're going that you can sweep it up or, or something to that effect. Um, there are some ranges that do allow it cause they just grind up the, you know, the shooting field afterwards yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's another cheap way to do it too. Uh, my, my other thing is uh, throw your own clays. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you go to a clay range, uh, where they're shooting clays for you, shooting them or, you know, throwing them for you. With the machines, they can get pretty pricey. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you can buy a box of 90 clays for, uh, what, like six bucks or something Six dollars. Like I, I know one of our local ranges, I think, charges anywhere between nine and like $12 per round of 25 clays. Yeah, 25 clays. Or you can spend six dollars and buy your own clays. Buy your own box of 90. Yeah, and then a clay thrower is, I, the hand throwers, I think, are only like 10 bucks. Yeah, they're pretty cheap. Um, if even honestly, even to buy a manual thrower, the you know the ones that or the spring loaded throwers that yeah. you set in the ground and, and reload and everything, even to buy one of those, I think you'll spend under a hundred dollars on it. Yeah. Which if you know you go enough, that's well worth the investment. Yeah, a lot so. of them too. I mean, you could just throw them like a frisbee if you want. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing too is you kind of got to avoid. Uh, the pay ranges. If you go out to the desert and you could do all that stuff. You go to a paid range, um, you might not be able to throw your own clays or, you know, there, there's a lot of, of limitations. Plus, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, spend a little of the extra time. You might use a little more gas, but you're not going to use that much gas compared to the money you're going right, to save. Right, right. And, and, too, the other thing is some ranges limit the amount of people you can have per lane. Yeah. So then you got to pay per lane or you got to pay per per person and things like that with the desert you might spend you know 20 30 bucks driving out to the desert but you can take four or five people with you and shoot yeah, as much as you want and i would say avoid indoor ranges uh altogether yeah a lot of times they want uh want to use only their ammo their um, targets their targets yeah so it, it can get pretty pricey yeah you're gonna pay for time on the lane yep um yeah so um avoid that yeah uh the other way uh also is shooting uh, your slower guns, like revolvers, uh, your bolt actions. Where you have to reset every yeah. time you shoot. Yep. Yeah, revolver, you're going to get six rounds. you got to empty it, you know, reload it. It's it's a lot less... Well, uh, it takes a lot more time than, you know, shooting a, a full magazine of... Well, a California magazine of, yeah. <laughs> of ten rounds. Yeah, well, yeah. and if you're anything like me, too, even if you have a double action, whether you're shooting double action or single action for me, I always... 
typically pull the hammer back, reset, you know, yeah. like take my time, boom, okay, cool, you know. It's one, I don't know what it is, but I shoot a bolt action and I shoot a revolver so differently than I shoot an AR or any semi-automatic rifle or handgun for that matter. There's something about it to me that it's like, and, and there's nothing, like when I'm really trying to like, okay, I'm practicing my accuracy, I'll take my time with my semi-automatics, but there's something about having that in your hand where it's like, all right, I'm at the desert, there's a paper target 25 yards in front of me, how fast can I hit the target with every <laughs> round in this thing? Boom, 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 boom. Like, and then you're like, dang it, dude, I just spent like, <laughs> like yeah. a dollar or 50 cents just emptying that as quickly <laughs> as I could. Um, and, and we were saying too, even earlier, even though you're shooting typically with a revolver or bolt action, unless you're shooting a 22, you are spending more typically per cartridge because you're shooting a 44 or a 357 or, you know, a, a 270, 30-06, something like that. So you're spending more per cartridge. However, you shoot so much less of it that at the end of the day, you might actually, it, it's a cheaper range day sometimes to go out and just shoot a bolt action. So. Yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah. Um, what about hunting? We so, do some, uh, some, some money-saving tips for the hunters out there? Money-saving tips for the hunter out there. I'm going to just go out on a limb here, and I think everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, of course he's going to say this because that's all they do. But upland game hunting, bird hunting, <laughs> cheapest way to hunt. Dove hunting, you literally just need a license, a vest, and a shotgun and some shells. Uh, mind you, for dove hunting, you're going to need a lot of shells. Yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time... You don't need a, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and if you already if you already have the shotgun, or you know, like, hey, I, I own a shotgun, or I'm going to buy a shotgun, no matter what, you go out, you spend twenty five dollars on steel shot, cheap steel shot, a uh, hundred rounds of them. Your dove vest. I mean, I've had the same dove. I wear a belt, a dove belt, mm -hmm. but I've had the same dove belt. It cost me, I think, thirty dollars, and I've had it for three years, and it looks brand new. So um, I think my dad was using the same dove vest for like 20 something years yeah um so i mean you can that's all stuff you, you know once you it, it the startup can be a little expensive you'll probably spend about 500 dollars getting getting all geared up to get started but mm -hmm. once you're started you'll maybe spend 50 bucks for the license and then you know 25 to 50 bucks for shells and you're pretty much good to go every year just to dove hunt yeah Dove hunting, I, it, you're gonna get a little, a little pricey with the ammo, every year. But I mean, that's just that. Depending on how often you go, if you only go out for opening day, you'll maybe yeah. only spend twenty five to fifty bucks. Yeah, if you're going out a bunch of times during the season, then yes, you might spend more. On yeah, that. for for chucker and quail, um, you're gonna save a lot of money on the ammo. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not gonna shoot very much. Um, my <laughs> first, uh, you guys have heard this before. My first year, hunting chucker and quail, I shot one round. And it wasn't even at a bird. It was just to shoot one because Ryan said, hey, just shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> so I shot around, wasn't at a bird, never had a chance to shoot it again the whole season. Um, so, yeah, I still have – I actually still have some of those rounds <laughs> from I think my first my hunt. first season of, of Chucker and Quail, I fired one round just because. And then I think I fired twice, two or three times at Quail, but they were too, too far to hit them. Yeah. So I think I, I fired about four rounds my first season. I definitely fired more last season. About eight. <laughs> With the chucker and quail, you're going to spend a little more money on travel. 
um, a little more money on gas. Um, yeah, I kind of make up for it for the ammo, but it can get expensive if you start wanting the dog and and going that route. Uh, but really, just to do it, you know, at bare bones, basic. You just need a good pair of hiking boots, a shotgun, and somewhere to store your birds. Depending, some of the places we've gone, I would recommend either Chaps or Upland Game Pants. Oh yeah, because the amount of cactus needles and thorns and and thistles and things like that, which I think mine ran me forty dollars. Yeah, I know someone that. Um, Five minutes into a hunting trip, uh, walked right into a cactus before. I've seen that. After I illicitly warned that person to watch out for cactus because they're everywhere. Hmm. And he was like, okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. And then five minutes later, oh my gosh. <laughs> there's a cactus. Dude, in my there's leg. a cactus <laughs> in my leg. And I was like, really? Didn't so, I tell you to buy? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. That person will remain nameless. And it's not the same nameless person that's here with us, FYI. It is not. I need to clarify. But yeah. Right. What are some other things that we can do? Um, if you want to do like training, you can do dry fire drills with handguns. There's all kinds of them. Look them up on YouTube. I'm not going to go through them right now. Um, there's, there's just a few different ones that are really common and cool, but there's some really unique ones that work on trigger pull and... You know, all that. Yeah, how to, how to clear and, a malfunction. Yeah, how to clear yeah, malfunctions, like how that. to draw, all that sort of thing. So dry fire drills are essential for handguns. They're really good for ARs, too. You can do dry fire drills. All of those, too, you can use um, blanks, blank rounds. Um, not blank rounds, sorry. I'm, I'm blanking <laughs> on the word. <laughs> Snap caps. Snap caps, there yeah. you go. Um, dummy rounds, things like that that you can use um, for that. Those are all cheap, too. And once you have them, I mean, they're good forever. Um, and then dry fire drills for hunting. This one, um, my dad, your uncle, taught us some really cool ones last season when yeah. we went out for Dove. And they're pretty helpful. Following along. And I shot a lot better that yeah. season, too. And I, I practiced. I, that's one of I don't dry fire enough with my handguns, but I still dry fire with my shotgun all the time. And yeah. And it's definitely I, uh, I think helped. shotgun's really the only one I do, too. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think maybe it's the thrill of the hunt, but yeah. it just gets me, you know, going on it. But Well, my, my thing is I'm not a very good uh, hunter, <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I try to get a little <coughs> better. Yeah. Uh, my, my only thing is that I usually only do that when we're going to hunt. I should probably do it more often. All throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. And shoot more clays and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, the other thing, and this one's going to sound dumb, some of you super operators out there are going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. But it has been proven to work, and I have some buddies who will also remain nameless, but they're in law enforcement, and they've said that these are some of the best drills you can do, is airsoft drills, or even pellet and BB gun drills. Uh -huh. And the reason for that is because you literally can draw, they have all these crazy cool guns nowadays that have actual, like the blowback action um, like you would on a semi-automatic. So you're getting the feel of a little bit of recoil. You're getting a little bit of sound. You're getting something, so at least it's stimulating those parts of your brain to think, okay, I just fired a gun. I'm having to manage recoil. I'm having to worry about everything around me and things like that. One of the guys that I know, he practices in his garage, um, which is crazy because it's indoors. So he's like, it's a little bit louder. It makes you feel a little different um, rather than being like out on the range. It gives you more of a... Um, urban feel or domesticated feel and for him um you know he goes i always practice concealed carrying drawing from concealed carrying you know and and firing and it's nice because with airsoft whether it's electric gas um no matter what system you're using he's like it's great because with the dry fire drill you fire now you have to manually cock the gun 
um, rack your slide back, do something to get it ready to go again. Yeah. Whereas with the airsoft, you can fire off three rounds, practice reholstering, practice clearing a room um, without having to worry about, um, you know, okay, now I have to, every time I fire, I have to reload, yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. So it's definitely more realistic in the fact that um, you're getting more of the sensation of actually shooting. Um, so that's one of those things that is really cool. One of the other points that he made was buy an airsoft gun that mirrors your carry okay. gun. Um, he was like, if you carry a 1911, buy a 1911 clone airsoft gun. If you carry an XD, buy something similar to it. You know, and the airsoft guns, yeah, a, that lo- makes sense. a lot of them are cloned. It's hard to find like, oh, I carry a... Yeah, know, specific a specific type. A subcompact yeah. XD. No, you're not going to be able to find that. But if you can find something similar to a Glock XD MMP shield, carry something like that. Get used to using that when you're training. Um, so let's uh, wrap it up a little bit here um, and revisit our whiskey. Terrible. Terrible? Absolutely terrible. Would not recommend at all. I don't know if I'm getting a headache from the cigar or the whiskey. Well, the cigar's been out for a while. Yeah, my cigar died. It was burning really good and died about a little over halfway. And I didn't bother to relight it. Mine got... A little further. Yeah, a little further, but not much. And normally, you know me, I'm the type of guy to smoke it all the way down. Yeah. I had no desire whatsoever to relight that thing. To be fair, I have witnessed you smoke cigarillos Mm -hmm. and Swisher Sweets in other activities that we've done whether uh-huh. that's been in vegas whether that's been fishing or doing other things and you've never complained about having a headache okay so that must be the whiskey <laughs> just saying because <laughs> the whiskey was terrible yeah and i don't think drinking jet fuel <laughs> is really the best thing for you yeah but you know on the other hand this cigar i've never smoked a full size uh, true it's always yeah. been the little uh yeah this it was this is a weird one it's just I, I don't know how to explain that it tasted like a cigarillo, but a full-size cigarillo. Yeah, it, I was expecting it to go out after about five to ten minutes, and it kind of just kept going there for a while. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I've drank not uh, maybe about half of my glass of, of uh, whiskey. Embarrassing. And um, I'm going to take one more drink on the air just <laughs> because Ryan likes my, the way my... I do my face, I guess. Cause, whiskey face. Yeah, he's, he's... Every time you've heard him kind of chuckle, it's because I took a drink. Um, <laughs> this stuff is horrible. Um, I took a little bit of a... Most big, of that, though, to be fair, is also ice. I took a little bit of a bigger drink to try to, like, gulp it down, and it, it literally almost made me gag. <laughs> so, uh, the little tiny sips is, I guess, the only way to go. Nope. Um, I think you need to down that. I'm definitely not going to down it. <laughs> Um, because I'm already not feeling that well. <laughs> um, uh, here we go. Here's my last drink. I don't think it helps that it's like hot outside too. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how they have the nerve to put the description on their bottle as being like yeah, they're made pride of the of finest the ingredients. Yeah. Um, finest, like what? The finest acetone, or <laughs> like what? Like, yeah, the finest, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, oh, this... we put only the best gasoline in there. Yeah, the finest garbage can corn. <laughs> yeah, man, we don't even feed this to the pigs. Like, oh my goodness, it's horrible. Yeah, this stuff. Um, I don't recommend. 
I'm kind of glad I drank it only because um, I can really appreciate better bourbon now and whiskey. I could appreciate crappy bourbon now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can appreciate your regular stuff, like your regular Jack Daniels and Jim your Beam, regular Jim like, Beam. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff that you kind of start off with. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is like... Yeah, I thought Jim Beam was bad. Um, I don't like Jim Beam very much, um, <laughs> but I would drink Jim Beam over this any day. <laughs> any any day. Yeah, because Jim Beam just, in my opinion, is not good, Yeah. where this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, um, Hor- horrible, uh, uh, I, a horrible cigar only because it's in a cigar size. To yeah, because like I said, when you're mowing the lawn or doing something, having that cigarillo to me doesn't bother me that much. But if you're if you're looking at it like, oh, this is a cigar, and I'm gonna enjoy it, and I'm just gonna sit here and puff on it all night, like. Yeah, I guess if you're distracted by something, it's not too bad. No, I, I, and, and they're a lot shorter, too. Honestly, mm-hmm. the first little bit wasn't that bad. It wasn't until I got a little further into it that I'm like, okay, when is this going to end now? Like, yeah. Yeah, once it went out, I was not devastated at all. No, and that, that's, how, that's why I call them knock-around smokes. They're yeah. like my garage smokes. Like, all right, I'm going to go out and mow the lawn, and if it falls and gets crushed by the lawnmower, like, oh, well. But we've, we've had, like, the Garcia Vega... And that was not the bad. Game. That one was actually yeah, really that delicious. That wasn't that bad compared to this. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the pairing made the Swisher <laughs> Sweet that bad, or maybe the Swisher Sweet made the 75 South that bad. I doubt no, that. No, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. But <laughs> No, because uh, our mystery guest didn't have a cigar with us and only drank the 75 South, and... He's indicating to me now that it was just horrible. So yeah, it's just terrible. Anyway, you have anything you want to add to our uh, shooting on the cheap topic? No. Just, just if you're gonna shoot on the cheap, don't drink on the, the cheap <laughs> or smoke on the cheap afterward. Yeah, just do your research is my only thing. Yeah, do your do, do your research. Take look for the best deals. Don't jump on any any the immediate deals or things that you want. Yeah. Um, Get familiar with what stuff should cost, and then you'll you'll know when the good deal. Yeah, when the good comes deals around. arise. Yeah, and and ask somebody. I know we always say this, but like ask someone who's knowledgeable. Like yeah. Ask us. You know. Oh, I don't know um, what to get. You know. That's why. We're yeah. Here. Even if we don't know, we we can we know where to find out. We research it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the common thing. One of us will ask each other. Oh, you know about this? No, I don't. And then we both end up looking <laughs> it up anyway. So. So, um, yeah. um, as always, follow us on. At Smoke the Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. Um, That's it for me. Smoke the Podcast signing off. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 